ever been a part of a game with that type of wild finish? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think so, man. It was, it was obviously a, a roller coaster type uh, game, but uh, look in the end, I think we kind of do it to ourselves, right? We're up a man. Um, we, we let go of the lead a couple times, uh, so for us, obviously, it's, it's, it was vital for us to get the three points. Um, in, in the end, we were able to, to get it done in, in a fashion that I think is is uh, uplifting for the club and, and for the fans, but at the same time. Uh, I think we have to look at ourselves, and, and you know, with a, with a little bit of criticism, that we gave up the lead twice. All right, uh, as mentioned, you guys are a younger team. Obviously, um, with something like tonight, as you just mentioned, you see why you make a tackle like that, considering all those things you just mentioned. What does it do for you guys, for your group, to see that player? Yeah, made? I think it gives us a lot of confidence. You know, it shows the type of uh, player that he is, and. Uh, you know, it, it encourages us to, to be those types of players, uh, you know, players who are willing to, to give it all uh, 90th minute, first minute, doesn't matter uh, what time it is. Uh, so for us, extremely, extremely uh, uplifting and encouraging, uh, gives us a lot of confidence. And, and obviously now it's a short turnaround uh, looking toward Wednesday. Lastly, um, we, we asked Wayne already what, you know, what he's done on the field in terms of impact for Lucho. What is it? What has he done for you in terms of opening things up and for you guys up front in general? Yeah, it makes it easy to play. You know, he obviously has a has, has a very good understanding uh, of the game, and and you know, I think every game now and each practice, we we continue to learn about each other uh, and continue to build our chemistry. Uh, he's a great player, and he he can make plays uh, like he did tonight that that won the game for us. Wild finish, <laughs> very wild finish. What's yeah. going through your mind? You know, you guys push up. Obviously, come to the box. You see the ball go over you guys' head. What's your initial thoughts? I mean, my initial thoughts is to obviously run back as a defender, you know. But when I looked up, and I'm looking at my keeper, my keeper is literally next to me. Was he behind me. you or next to you in the box? I mean, he was a little bit behind me, but that was too, too far from my, my comfort. So I'm just like looking at them break, and I'm like, oh, no, i got to work as hard to get it back as, as, uh, as quickly as possible. And to see Wayne make that run, you know, make that challenge, it was great to see, you know, especially as a defender, you know, to see uh, our DP, our top striker, give himself up, you know, defensively for the team. It's, it's great. It's great to see. With you guys being so young, as Ben was just talking about, um, as you talk about your DP, top striker, doing something like that, what does it mean for you guys to see that? I mean, it's the significance you know, of it's, it's great. It's great, you know, to come from someone of that caliber, you know, of that experience, his selfish or selflessness to work on for the team, you know, that just, I think that sends a message not only to to us as players, but to managers, to everyone tied into DC United that, you know, everyone has to do their bit. And, and more if we want to succeed, if we want to, you know, push ourselves to the next level. And to see that from someone of his ability, you know, it's great. Lastly, um, the night Lucho has, what do you think, you know, his presence has done for Lucho just opening up his game? I mean, to be honest with you, I think it instills confidence in Lucho. Um, obviously, like in his experience, so he's able to help help Lucho tactically. You know, put him in the right spots, uh, talk to him because obviously he's, he's been when he's been around uh, the game a long time, so he knows the game and you know just the way he's influenced Lucho. You can see it today. Good evening, everybody. This is the Focus TV. We got a lot for you guys this evening. Thank you for joining us. We got Miss Octavia Wyatt here, Cardell Dudley, our guest, Kobe, 
Jacobino. Uh, got Damo Row over here on social media with his phone up. Goes to Tarpey Jr. And uh, we're going to have some fun. So we got some mystics to talk about. So DC United breakdown series as always with Jamal Hayward at 9450. As we just talked about our guest, Kobe. Going to have a good conversation with him. I'm going to sit back and watch him and uh, Cardell talk. See what I can learn. Because uh, it's two, of the, two guys that know a lot about grassroots basketball. And I uh, definitely want to take notes if this is something you're a part of. Uh, big uh, event coming up. After that, um, you know, I, I think that whole rapid fire thing, we'll get back into that. That's always a blast. So, Kobe, I hope you're ready. Uh, think on your feet. Uh, he doesn't let us know anything about the questions in advance. So, oh, we're at the same event as you are. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, shout out to the Mystics real quick yeah. on a six-game winning streak. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of D.C. always likes to talk about teams that are winning and whatnot. So we're going to take the time to do what most don't hear, which is acknowledge them for what they're doing. Six-game win streak. Um, the team's been on a whole different level since the All-Star break. Um, they made a trade, and they hit a whole nother place. Um, and sometimes, you know, uh, it's weird in sports. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of tweaking, and things approve. Um, not necessarily about, you know, the people involved. Sometimes it's just a fit, uh, and that's what makes sports wonderful. So shout out to them, um, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this later on, but DC United game on Sunday, and I went out my way to call Cardell because I couldn't contain my excitement. <laughs> I was like, just just being there, like that's probably the probably the best game, I've, like in terms of the ending, uh, the best ending I've seen as a media member. So whoever tops that, trust me, I'm gonna let you guys know because as of right now, that shot to the top, and I almost forgot everything else, like period, just because that happened. I've been telling everybody about it. People that like soccer, people that don't. The wife doesn't care at all. I was like, oh, my gosh, what happened tonight? <laughs> like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I tried. Like, I really did call Cardell. Like, it's, it's quarter 12. I'm like, uh, I want to tell you about what happened. <laughs> so I told him the next day, it's so bad, man. I sent him, like, five uh, videos <laughs> to check it out. I looked at it. I was out, man. Like, you, oh, no, no. You, hey, look, it's okay. Out. I just want to let you know, you weren't the only one I tried to wake up and tell about that. <laughs> so that being said, man, Kobe, you're here for a reason. Um, little background on Kobe. Prep Hoops, Maryland senior contributor. And as of right now, the most pertinent thing coming up, Super 80 Showcase Scouting. So, Cardell, the floor is yours. Sit back and enjoy this. Mm-hmm. All right, but, but, you know, you know, all we do is get right to it. Um, what was your motivation for starting a Super 80 event? Motivation was... You know, you you have a lot of events down here in D.C. and, and P.G. County that, uh, you know, showcase the, the talent, and deservingly so. Um, there's a ton down here. But you just don't see many events up in the Baltimore area. Um, you'll have them here or there, but in terms of trying to get all the top kids in the area from every, you know, shoe company team, let's just put all that aside for, you know, an hour or two, get out on the court, and just do you know do what all makes us happy and play basketball. Um, so that that was kind of the mindset behind it. I wasn't sure you know the feedback I was going to get from it. Um, I feel like I have a lot of, a good relationship with all the the players in the area. But going back to you know I, I hate how there has to be politics and everything, but there is unfortunately. And um, just trying to put that to the side because I come from you know type of the, the standpoint of none of that matters to me. Um, so luckily, man, I've, I've gotten great feedback and gotten a lot of the top players 
uh, in the city. And, and I've reached out to other areas as well. I'm not just keeping it just Baltimore, but when I am reaching out, I want to try to get the under-the-radar kids too who maybe you know, uh, needed some light shine on them. Um, just I just want to give a, these kids a, a stage to be more noticed because uh, I know the older generation is always – you know, get off, get off my lawn type of thing. But these kids do work hard, you know what I mean, in terms of training and putting in the hours. So if they can just kind of, you know, get on the court and just have some fun for a while and, you know, have some media members around and some, some, some college coaches watching, I, that was, you know, that's, that's what makes me happy. Okay. Uh, what was the selection process like? Was it, did you base it off just, you know, obviously name and talent or was it accomplishments part of it? Was uh, grades? Uh, rankings, what, 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 what was everything that went into it? Like, right, I'm going to reach out to that player. I kind of took all that okay. um, into consideration. If the, But I, I'll be honest, if there's a kid um, that is kind of, you, you know, neck and neck with another kid and, and I know the one's maybe really struggling in school or doesn't show effort in school, I'm going to go with the one with higher grades because at the end of the day, you know, these coaches are going to come up to me and say, hey, I like that kid, tell me about him. And what can I say? I can say he could put the ball in the basket, but he can't do anything in the classroom. And, and right then I'm wasting the coach's time. So, um, you know, you got to get the guys that, you know, first and foremost take care of their, their business on and off the floor. Um, then, you know, rankings do play a part um, in terms of just finding the kids. I mean, I've, I've seen pretty much – I try to get out and see every Baltimore team during the season. Um, I, I try to kind of develop a relationship with these kids. Um, as much as I can. So I have a pretty good feel for who's going what level or, in my opinion, who should go what level. And uh, so I took that in consideration as well. And then, like I said, if, if there's a kid that I know just, you know, busts his butt and, and works hard all the time and is a good kid and I feel like, you know, could maybe help out at a, at a Division three or maybe even Division two, I want to try to shine, you know, some light on him. Um just really quick, there's a kid in the 2019 game named Maurice Smith. Um, he, he was at Mount St. Joe when he was a, a freshman, sophomore. He transferred. He's going to be a senior at Newtown. He's beat cancer twice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and he came back finally this spring and played for uh, Team BBC Basketball Club uh, and, and is finally starting to get his game back. And he was, you know, he was, he was, he was supposed to be a really good player coming out of middle school. Um, highly thought of and everything and then you know you get hit with that yeah. I've had a lot of talks with him but it, it's hard for me not to pull for a kid like that you know what I mean and everything that comes to him he's just very humble he's had to learn at a young age obviously so just get out there and have some fun with you know the other top talent I thought he deserved that okay um with each class cause I know it's broken down in um class of 2019 20 21 22 uh, would they just stick with their class when they compete, or you mixing it up with them? Like 2019 is going to compete against 2022s and all that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm keeping it just 2019 versus 2019. Uh, Ten kids each team, and that that follows suit for the rest of the games. Um, even though probably this uh the, this freshman class could stick with the seniors. I've seen them, I've seen them play against the seniors, and they they do more than hold their own. Um, I just thought it was only right, you know, to give everybody even playing field in terms of that and you know really let them let them show what they have okay um overall what do you hope to accomplish with this event not just for you know this year but moving forward as well give the kids just a stage to showcase their talent again in baltimore um so they don't have to go come down to you know dc nothing against dc but if we have all this talent in an area why not showcase it in our backyard 
Um, and, and honestly, I just want to do something positive for the city as well. Uh, Baltimore is a, is a rough city, just like D.C., and, and there's, there's a certain select amount of guys that I feel like, you know, do a lot of good things, including, you know, Sean Brunson with the Brunson League. Um, you know, they're just trying to do whatever they can to spread some positivity, and I feel like, you know, basketball can bring us all together um, and, and make everybody happy and just have a good time for, you know, how many ever hours it is in this particular, you know, event, six hours, um, 12, to, 12 to 6, 12 to 8. Um, so that's that's what I really hope. I, I just want the word to spread, and for this, you know, every August, third August, and, and you know, third Saturday in August, for this the place to be. Okay, and I'll let everybody know where would this um, event take place? Uh, it's going to be at Randallstown High School, and like I said, uh, the freshman game is the first, followed by the sophomores, juniors, seniors. Um, they're going to start at twelve. Uh, the doors will open around eleven. Uh, the kids are going to get there and you know be shooting up early so if you know whoever whoever does want to come feel free to come 11 15 11 30 admission is going to be ten dollars at the door um we'll have concession stands and all that so hoping hoping it's a good event i'm pretty sure um downtown locker room is going to come and be the dj and and do some you know some community type of of stuff and advertisement so uh it's starting to come together okay I'm gonna throw a few players at you. you know what I'm saying, um, yep. I want you to give the casual fans who may just be hearing about this for the first time, you know, break down each player's game. So I'm gonna start with uh, James Bishop. James Bishop, um, probably the one of the more highly thought of players that are, that are going to be playing this event. Uh, he recently just cut his list down to six. Um, he had over 15 Division One offers from high majors to mid majors. Um, six at Mount St. Joe's. Yep, Mount St. Joe, six foot two. Lefty he can he can shoot it he can score it. Um, this AAU season he played for Team Thrill. Uh, he was tied for first in, in you know uh, in scoring and average average per game, which um, he led last year the Under Armour circuit. So you know just a kid that can feel it up. I think he had 43 on Team Rio this this summer. Um, I think insane amount of threes. It slipped my mind, but. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a guy that I was that was on top of my list just because you know whenever the whenever the ball is in his hand, some something good happens. Yeah, he turned out the um, top 100 camp too at uh, University of Virginia, so in a great summer for him. What yeah. about uh, another guy who I'm how I love uh, played at Perry Hall, Anthony Walker. Anthony Walker, like you said, Perry Hall guy. Um, now he's going. He transferred to Brewster Academy, national powerhouse team up in uh, New Hampshire. Um, Six foot eight, six nine, really long, really athletic. Uh, he's he's adding to his game. He's he has a pretty consistent three point shot now. Um, he can play well over the rim. I know you've seen him play. Cardell is is he's he's the prototypical stretch four right now in terms of like you know NBA frame. Um, just really long, skinny. He's not that big yet, but uh, his game he, he's gonna need he's gonna need a lot. In terms of tuning up, and he'll get that at Brewster. But uh, if if you're if you're bringing if you plan on bringing a camera to the event, he's going to be a reason why. You know whether somebody's in his way or not, he's going he's going to rise up and dunk on him. Okay. What about uh, Will Thomas? Will Thomas, um, Mervo, senior, uh, played for Team Thrill, and he can actually play with both hands. He can shoot with both hands. He has his whole life. 
Um, it, it, it messed me up the first time I watched them because I, I, I really did, I thought I saw like a glitch. It was really weird because <laughs> um, you know usually you, yeah, like, <laughs> usually you'll see some guys like they they, they might like I see, I've seen guys tweak their shots where they'll, they'll shoot in game right and then in the free throw line if they're having problems or whatever they'll shoot left. But if Will's attacking with his left hand, he's going to shoot left, and if he's attacking with his right hand, he's going to shoot right, and they're both pretty efficient. So. That, that was crazy to me, but uh, I think a really underrated part of his game is his passing. He's just a playmaker okay. um, overall and, uh, you know, a really exciting kid to watch. 6'5", he's got really good size. He's got a few Division One offers, and um, he's the type of kid he'll make the game fun to watch with his energy, and, you know, he'll be talking to the crowd and all that, so he'll get into it. Just a, you know, a, a, a perfect Baltimore type of guy. I hope I pronounce his name right. Roger Jones? Or yep, oh, Roger Great. Jones, um, lockdown defender. Uh, got the BCL Defensive Player of the Year last year for St. Francis. He's a he's a, another rising senior, six three, really really good, strong body. Um, he can shoot it as well uh, from the outside, playing playing a long ace. He's you know he kind of just hangs around the perimeter and and, and nails threes when he's called upon. Um, but with him, you know when I when I was trying to divvy up the teams. And, and if one was kind of loaded on one side, if I put him on the other, I know he's gonna. I know he's gonna stop him. So that that's you don't really see many defensive type of players these days because everybody just wants to shoot and score. Um, but Rogier is that guy, so I, I'm excited to have him a part of it as well. Uh, Bass Diop. Yeah, he he's an interesting one. Um, Bass, he's six six, uh, Hampton commit. He committed last year. St. Francis, another rising senior. St. Francis has a lot of guys in this. Um, he does a little bit of everything, and, and I, I wouldn't say he's exceedingly well at he's exceedingly great at one thing. But he but he rebounds at a at a you know a good rate. Um, he can shoot the fifteen footer. I don't know if uh, were you at the St. Francis Poly game last year? No, I didn't make that one. He that's when he had you know his his hands down best game probably of his career, and he was really you know a big reason why St. Francis was, was able to beat Poly that game. Um, and and just did a little a little bit of everything. He can play with his back to the basket, shoot from 15 feet, good defender, long, athletic. So, just all around solid prospect. Drew Green, under the radar type of guy um, that I feel like a lot of college coaches don't know. I think I think he's more of a low major, um, maybe a, a mid major type of player if he reaches his full potential. But six foot three, um, McDonough, uh, rising senior. Really athletic, sneaky athletic. Um, when you see him, he, he kind of just looks like a kid. He has filled out more, but uh, but he'll drive baseline and punch it on you, and, and you won't even see it coming. So he, he's still working on his jump shot. I actually played with Drew a couple weeks ago. Um, still still working on his jump shot, and that'll come around. But, um, you know, really good athlete, really good kid, excellent student. Uh, when he went to Lake Clifton, had a 4.0. Um, he's doing really well at McDonough, which is one of the the top you know high schools in the country in terms of academics as well. So, he's he's one that I'm definitely rooting for, and uh, a guy who can have a positive impact on any team that he's on. Okay, uh, Chase Parr. Chase Parr blew up this summer. Um, six foot ten, Glen Elk Country rising senior, uh, lefty. You know, really really good footwork in the post. Uh, he's crafty with his moves. Good defender, um, still is improving on his athleticism, which he will. But I mean, you know, Nebraska's on him. Uh, there's some, there's some high major schools on him, uh, and a ton of mid majors. So, 
Um, definitely wanted to get him in this. He's he's extending his range out as well. He should be he should be an impact player for the uh, in in the in the MIA BCL. Okay, Cam Spencer. Um, I'm trying to think, probably probably the the hands down the best catch and shoot shooter um, in the area. Boys Latin rising senior, uh, another guy that played with Team BBC this summer. Um, like I said, there's not there's not many I've seen in terms of just pure shooter that can knock it down like him. He committed to Loyola uh, about a month ago, um, so you know he's a guy that's going to stay local. Just another good kid that works really hard. He had some back issues this summer that caused him to miss a couple months, but um, he's back. He's ready to go, and and he's definitely going to light it up from deep. Another super athletic wing, R.J. Blakeney. Yeah, I mean he he's scary. Yeah, he I mean is. you you've seen him before. I don't want to. I don't want to compare him in terms of just all-around playmaking. But when he's on the break and he can go out with one hand and and, and cock that ball back, it, it's like it's like LeBron-esque. You know, what I mean, he can get eye level with the rim. He can, and he and he throws it down hard. So I was definitely definitely wanted to get RJ involved in this game. Um, and I'm and I'm glad he confirmed and he'll be there. And he he's a guy who can who can. His ceiling is high. Yes. Um, he can score it when he when he's focused defensively. He can he can really get after it on that end as well. So he's a, he's another guy. You bring your camera, and he's on the break. You wanna you wanna hit record. Uh, another guy who I love because he got a lot of dog in him. He got a lot of Gary Payton in him. Okay, Gerard Mungo. Yeah, you know exactly yep. what I'm talking about. Yep. 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 Get yep. up in you, let you know that yep. that's what I love. Yep, yep, Mungo. He's a he's a goal man. A rising senior from Patterson. Like you said, he just plays with that chip on his shoulder. Um, it doesn't matter who he's going against. It doesn't matter if he just got showed up on the play after. He's going to come back and, and try to answer. Um, so, you know, Gerard's definitely a, a kid that I'm excited about. Uh, he should have a, a really big year this year for Patterson. A, another guy that's been under the radar because of his size, he's kind of a tweener. For Patterson last year, he had to play. A, he even had to play the power forward because they just had no size at all. Um, but this year they should have a little bit more size. I think if he was able to showcase his ability as a point guard, um, his recruitment will pick up. But uh, definitely a guy that I want college coaches to know, you know, you, you should be on and definitely give some consideration to, especially at the Division II level. Right. Deshaun Phillips. Deshaun Phillips just recently, uh, just recently prepped um, at Mount Zion. He just announced that he's going to prep at Mount Zion. Um, just led Dunbar to a championship last year. Yeah, really, really good player. Um, I know Jamal West is another guy that was on that Dunbar team who had a lot of impact, but they don't win that championship without Deshaun Phillips at all. Um, I mean, he was a guy that if he had to go flirt with the triple-double every night, he would do it, and he doesn't look like he could. I mean, he's got the size at 6'4", 6'5", very skinny. He's athletic, but not a guy that you would would picture, you know, banging down low, and he's he's more than happy to do it. So... um, He's definitely a guy in terms of if you're looking at the Baltimore type of picture, I, I had to I had to insert him, so I'm glad that he'll be a part too. Okay, now that you mentioned him, Jamal West. Jamal West, so he's going to be playing in the 2020 game. Um, rising uh, Rising Junior actually transferred from Dunbar to St. Francis, so he'll be over there with those guys. Uh, very, very under-the-radar type of kid, and I, th- I think the reason being is he's 6'5", um, six four, six five, but he plays like an old school power forward, um, but very, very athletic, and uh, 
you know, his motor is something like I've never seen before um, in terms of high school and for his age. I think last year at, at you know, during the state tournament, he averaged something like 13 points and I want to say 17, 18 rebounds a game. Uh, he goes after everything. He's strong as an ox uh, and, and, and just a really good kid as well. So um, Jamal was, when I was going through the 2020 list, he was definitely one of my top guys that I wanted to get. Okay. Uh, Ace Baldwin. Ace Baldwin, it's, it's pretty much no secret. He's one of my one of my favorite players in the area, just the way that, you know, he has such control on the game and, and dissects it. The first time the first time I asked or the first time I saw Ace play, I went over to his father and his mother and I asked, like, when he was little, did you take him to the park or the gym a lot and play with older guys? Because that's just what he played. His his IQ for the game was just so ahead of, of his age and his feel for the game was. Um, and as a result, last year, you know, he was he was the motor on on that very, very good St. Francis team, went straight up with Emmanuel quickly. Um, gave him all that he could, and they, you know, they ended up beating John Carroll in front of John Calipari, which, which definitely, you know, caught some eyes. And now um, he hasn't gotten offers from him yet, but all the blue, blo- all the blue bloods are starting to starting to pay attention to him. I know, you know, he's taking visits to Kansas. He already visited Kentucky, um, North Carolina, all those, all the big names are on him. And then he's got, you know, a, a nice list of offers already from um, some pretty high, you know, high major, mid major type of schools. So. Uh, you know, Ace Ace is a show in himself. Justin Lewis. I, I think Justin Lewis um, is on the path. He has he has a really good chance to be a pro. Um, six foot eight. His his body continues to to fill out. I think his legs get bigger every time I see him. Um, his athleticism is great, and and what I what I love about him is his his attitude. Uh, you just don't see many kids, especially today, that that hold others accountable on the court. And they might be scared. You know, I don't want to either get into it with them. Or, just everybody's so sensitive these days. You know what I mean? Um, but if you miss a rotation, he's going to let you know. And I feel like those kids stand out really well. And in terms of when you're getting to the 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 knit and grit of of picking out who's a pro and who's not, and I feel like he's just very solid with that. And and of course, every step is going to be, you know very important in his future in terms of if he lives up to be a pro but uh a kid that can do everything man shoot from three he can he can catch at the high post and take you off the dribble and if he's around the rim he's he's putting it on your head so um a guy that you know is was a must-have for this event and our last name cam byers cam byers um rising rising junior as well um was at john carroll last year with emmanuel quickly transferred he's going to delaney um this year big big body physical six foot five six foot six uh the craziest thing about him is i was looking one day and i know like cardell you you point out stuff like this but i asked him what size his shoe was because it it was he wears a 17 that was last year so he's still growing um the bigger he gets the better he's gonna get um he's got a couple offers right now and he's just a guy that if he, he gets you if he gets you on the block, not many can just, especially in today's the, the way the refs call the game today, um, down in the painted area that you're going to be able to handle him. So, um, but another guy who last year had to play a specific role next to Emmanuel and a lot of other talented guys on that John Carroll team, uh, that I think Delaney he'll he'll really be able to shine. Okay, and um, just real quick, moving into the you know the college aspect of guys that have left. 
Um, what do you think about? I'm, I'm just going to name names, and you just tell me. What yeah. do you think Jalen Smith impact would be in Maryland? I think he's going to be great. Um, I saw some, you know, I've, I've know some guys that are close to that situation and some coaches and whatnot. And uh, he had a great showing in in their games over in Europe. I think he led the led the team in scoring in like two of the four games. He's been killing in workouts, and from what I've heard, their their mindset of of how they see him right you know right now a lot can change. But is that he's going to be a one and done, um, which I maybe thought of him as maybe a two year guy and done. Right. But I think he's just going to have so much impact on this team, especially next to uh, you know Bruno down low. They're, they're so polar opposites, but they're it's perfect, especially for, you know, the style of play and, and how you want to have your power forward be able to shoot threes and score inside and rebound and dominate defensively. He checks all those boxes. Um, yeah, we've seen Sosh and I'm doing the summer. Uh, Noah Lockie. Noah's, yeah, Noah's doing well. Um, and a video just surfaced of him out there in practice. I don't know why. Those guys are letting him yeah, open exactly. from deep, but they are. Exactly. Um, the coaching staff down there, though, is really happy with him. Uh, he's knocking down shots. He's working hard. Um, from what I heard, though, is is they're kind of planning for next year uh, in terms of him being in rotation. He's got a couple NBA-type type players in front of him, right. so that's that's tough for any situation. But I wouldn't have more confidence than in a guy like Noah. He loves that challenge. Um, he loves being able to push. You know, there was an option there where he might want to uh, – they offered maybe a, a red shirt type position, and he denied it right away. He said, "No, I want to push these guys." And and he know you know you, you never know when when your number is going to be called. Right. And he's the type of kid, you know, Cardell. You work with him a lot. Um, that he's he's going to be ready to go whenever he's called. So uh, I, from all I heard, he's doing really well. Uh, Manuel, quickly another one. We just saw in Kentucky going to work over what was the Bahamas or whatnot. Yeah. You know, doing what he normally do. You know, yep. filling the stat sheet, passing the rock. What do you think about his impact? Because you know he got competition with Quade at the point. So, what do you think? I think with that recent trip, man, he won the starting job. If you're basing it just off that, of right. course they got to start practice and and do exhibitions and all that, all that stuff. But uh, in terms of right now, just the way he played his role, and that that's a lot of criticism from him. You know, you're going to Kentucky. You're used to getting online and seeing these kids flying above the rim and, and oh, being 6'10", yeah, yeah. Or, or being a, a point guard like John Wall. And Emmanuel just, here he is, he plays the right way. Right. He can throw it down when he when he needs to on the break. But um, he, he just plays the right way. He gets everybody involved when they need to. And, I, you know, I've seen conversations with, with Coach Cal, and he's he's just obsessed with how Emmanuel works. I mean, he's in, he's in the gym. He's in the gym at 2 in the morning. And then he'll let you know he's in the gym seven, you know, five hours later. And that's just what kind of kid he is. I know the first practice, um, Ashton Hagen's busted out his, his, his two front teeth. Um, didn't stop. He finished practice. And, and, you know, I know going back to the old school, we're kind of used to that. But yeah. nowadays, yeah. kids are stopped playing. You know what I mean? So, For three weeks. Yep. <laughs> yep. So he, 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 he finished practice, made a dentist appointment, went and got him fixed, obviously, and, and, and was ready to go. So he's going to be a guy that really represents this, uh, this area well and, and a guy that really plays his role. I don't expect him to average 12 points a game because they don't need him to. Um, I, but, I, but I certainly could see him averaging seven, six, and, and three because um, that's just – he's going to fill the stat sheet up. So I'm, I'm really happy that he went there and stayed true to who he is and is finding, you know, his way within that ultra-talented Kentucky team. I think they're, you know, they could be a, they could be one of the favorites. Obviously, they are every year, but really this year with the returns they have. 
uh, a player that uh, played with quickly that I feel like is just under the radar. A lot of people not really watching him for now, uh, Montez Mathis. Um, how do you think he'll do at Rutgers? I, th- I think he's going to – I think what's – he's not going to struggle with is is the physicality. Obviously, if if you ever seen Montez play, he plays like a man, he always has. Um but I I I think he's I think Rutgers is a good place for him to grow. Um he's not going to be a guy that's going to come out and and be a one and done, two and done type guy. I could see him, you know, by his junior year really really finally getting it and uh you know, as his game becomes all around both ends. I mean, he's a he, his motor is great. His competitiveness is great, um, and like you said, there was there was a lot of games where I know Emmanuel gets the shine because of his name in Kentucky, oh, but Montez carried them and, and yeah. gave them the energy to to push through in, in a lot of those battles against MIA teams, and even when they played national teams where maybe Emmanuel didn't play great, Montez was always right there. So he's he's going to go down swinging, and when you have that type of mentality, eventually you're going to hit it. Last one, Quill Hart at, at Cincinnati. They went up to Canada and played recently, and uh, from what I heard with the coaches, you know, he's he's doing well. It's uh, Lakeel is a type where he has a ton of talent, um, six foot eight, six foot nine, ability to play the point guard, um, can do can do everything, can on both sides of the floor. The thing with Lakeel is he Lakeel he needs to learn how to play basketball and. Uh, from what I've heard, he's been very receptive. It, Cincinnati was a great place for him because he's a Cincinnati type of player. But with that coaching staff, I was scary. It was either going to go one way or the other because the Cincinnati, you mess up, they get on you, and they're you know, it's a different different world over there um, with Mark Cronin. So the way that the way that Lakeo is when they butt heads, I was scared. But that's already went down, and uh, you know he put on, pretty sure he put on. Uh, 12 pounds in his first 11 days there. Don't ask me how. And then the the other freshman put on 14 in the first 11. And the other I don't I don't I don't want to get into the to the what goes on there, but their conditioning coach was on Twitter and said it's it's a it's a ton of shakes. It's certain, you know, uh concentrated workouts and it's a ton of water cuz it's a lot of water weight. I get it. I just want him to send me that plan and, and help help uh, me. He, he worked though. I remember uh, <laughs> Jennifer put some clips up. You know, yeah, the past couple of years and they yeah, he worked. They worked the hell out of them boys, all so. the time, man. So yeah, I'm excited for him. And, and 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 another kid, really quick, that I just talked to today, uh, Demetrius Mims from Poly. Yeah. He's over at Long Beach State, which is a a good play ride over over in California. Um, I just spoke with him today, and it was just it was music to my ears on what he's learned. I asked him, you know. W- what's the biggest thing he's learned so far in the college game? And I know you'll like this card. He's just like, it's crazy how much every single dribble is, has so much purpose. Cause you know, in, in high school, you see these kids just dribble, 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 dribble. Oh, they look like you know what I mean? And I, right there, I just got so, I just got so happy. And it's just like, you get it. I mean, of course he's got a lot of other things to get in terms of the college game. But if you already got that down, if you already got that down, man, that's, that's half the battle right there. And he was like, and another thing is, you know, I could use my dribble for every purpose and get to the rim, and there's another athlete there ready to block my shot. He was like, so now I gotta, now I have to adjust and, and know what play to make. I was just, it just felt good, man. It made my day. So um, that that was another kid I definitely wanted to, uh, I definitely wanted to shout out since I just spoke with him today. Bobby Knight said it best, man. High school, you showcase your talent, but college, you learn the game. You know, that, that's, it's, it's, 
best way I could put it, man. So they gonna learn, and then that's when you apply it and become something special. You yeah. Know what I'm so and once you get in that pro, you start. You got to read the game because yeah. you already equipped with everything that the elites are equipped with. Now yeah. it's now it depending on your mindset. So. Um, yeah, man, I'm really, I'm really happy for that, for that group. We all knew 2018 was, uh, was going to be a special class. Right. Um, so now I just hope it all comes in fruition. I think everybody's in the perfect place for them. They need to be. All right, man, I want to give y'all a break just to rest. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot. Um, and so those who are tuning in, man, I hope you guys pay attention on the screen. Give Kobe a follow. Um, it's definitely worth it if you haven't heard. Um, just from this last 15 minutes, man, uh, a lot of information was shared. Shout out to each and every one of these young men, especially those already in college that seem to be getting embarking on that journey. Um, you know, I hope they continue to progress going forward. We're going to take a quick break here at the Focus TV. When we get back, talk a little DC United, and we'll go from there. You're watching the Focus TV. We'll see you guys on the other side of the break. Welcome back, everybody. You're watching the Focus TV. As promised, we're going to talk about DC United. So real quick, before we talk about this past week's game, uh, if you didn't know, now you know, homegrown goalkeeper Bill Mead is back with the team. As reported by Stephen Goff for the Washington Post earlier today, Bill is expected to start tomorrow night in their game against the Portland Timbers. I expect that game for all those in attendance. The crowd is going to be nuts. Uh, they didn't know how to act when they introduced Bill Sunday night, and he didn't play. Uh, you know, if you've been a D.C. United fan for a while, you know, I don't need to tell you what it means to you guys. And uh, now about this current crop before he joins, as I said to start the show, man, it's probably the best game I've ever been to as a, you know, card-carrying credential media member. Um, soccer being my first love, that made this just that much better. Uh, all right, so on Sunday night, D.C. United hosted Orlando City SC, and they won in dramatic fashion. The score was 3-2. We're going to start at the beginning. Luciano Acosta combines with Wayne Rooney uh, to score the first goal and stop his time of the first half. They created several t chances in the first half, but uh, one of the things that's happened with Acosta is Rooney's come. You have someone else you could trust with the ball. Sounds like another team in this area, and you're allowed to come off the ball and eat a little bit more. So Lucho's taking off the playmaker hat a little bit, and he's all about goals in Sunday night. He was in his bag. He got the ball back from Rooney, took two touches, and the degree of difficulty on this goal was crazy because it's near post, the goalie's near post, and he still beats the goalie inside to the near post. All right, in the 63rd minute, I'm sorry, before that, an own goal is what helped Orlando equalize it. Uh, someone crossed the ball back into the box. It was a lazy cross, very hopeful. Unfortunately for D.C. United, Steve Birnbaum got a toe on it. It bounced off David Osted, and it went into the goal. But in the 63rd minute, Luciano Acosta, he struck again. Yamil Assad played, lost a soft ball to the back post. Uh, Lucho times his run perfectly. Nobody runs with him. Um, he's literally my size, if not a little smaller. Leaves his feet. The goalie goes to take him out, makes some contact. He uses a clever touch, guides it ever so gently past the keeper into the left corner. The roof went off. You know, it doesn't have a roof. It went crazy after that. But shout out to Orlando. In between, like right after that, maybe 10 minutes later, they lost the player. So they're playing 10 men down at this point on. They equal it up. They uh, even it up with Dom Dwyer scores a goal. It's a beautiful chip shot. But at the 95th minute, this is where all the craziness started. DC United gets a corner. Kofi Apare gets a header on it. it. He gets the ball, gets to the goal line, but it's cleared. Will Johnson gets the ball for Orlando. The ball gets out to the left flank. Everything looks love. What you can't see in, his, in the screen, there's two more players running with him. It's an empty net because David Osted is in the box. Everyone's running to get back. Here comes Wayne Rooney. He's known for everything 
but what he does here, he takes a beautiful angle, runs down Will Johnson, makes a textbook tackle, but what, more importantly, it's what he did after this. He gets the tackle, composes himself, takes a couple clean dribbles, and drops a 35-yard dime on the head of Luciano Acosta for the hat trick and the game winner. They, it was a lot of video reviews that night, um, but uh, that one, I think we pretty much knew what it was. The place went crazy, and this happened so late in stoppage time. There were six minutes of stoppage time. This happened literally like 96 minutes. 20 to 30 seconds later, the game was over. So it was a heck of an ending. And with D.C. United currently, they've played less games than everybody else in MLS because they started the first year on a road, the first half of the year on a road, which, you know, you guys, we've told you guys that here quite often. So now everything on the back end of the schedule is all in their new beautiful stadium. So they got three points, which is what was important. As I said, tomorrow night they host the Portland Timbers. We'll see if they can continue because they're, they're desperate right now. They're playing the – because they played less games, they got a chance if they can put a streak together to climb back uh, in the playoff race and hopefully get above the line. So we're going to take a quick break, but before doing so, Jamal Hayward, 9450. This week's move of the breakdown series of this segment is about the proper way to do a backdoor cut. We're just talking about good basketball. Kobe was just talking about a young man who got it. Simple basketball makes life so easily. So pay attention to this. This is how good teams kill bad teams. Really simple. You don't need to draw up a play for this. It's just simple. So, again, Jamal Hayward, 9450, this week's breakdown series, the proper way to do a backdoor cut. And we'll see you guys on the other side of the break. This is the Focus TV. Show a target. Person's passing from in. Show a target with your left hand. Push off the left leg. Go back door. Okay. Walk away. Quick. Show a target. Go back door. Okay. Uh. Welcome back, welcome back to The Focus. And again, special thanks to Jamal Hayward for this week's episode of The Breakdown. Get us Jamal Hayward over at 9450. As promised, uh, you know, just like we do with the Wizards, we keep the same energy around these parts for the WNBA. The Washington Mystics are currently in the midst of a six-game win streak. On Sunday, they beat the Dallas Wings 93-80. to um, Elena Deladon had a big second quarter. Big game as well, but really it's about the rook. You know, this is Cardell's rook, Ariel Atkins. She was in her bag that entire game. She took a really hard fall in the fourth quarter, attacking the basket. Um, we haven't heard any news in terms of, like, anything super serious. So she fell on her hip, and that's what – I know you said that's what Coach mentioned yeah, after the game. Right. So you can elaborate on that a little bit. Nah, you know, he knew the question was going to come up. He just said, you know, she took a hard fall. Uh, she drove. Uh, you know, they contested her. She fell wrong. At first, it looked like, I mean, nobody really knew. You just hoping it wasn't nothing like a knee or yeah. ankle. But, um, you know, she she couldn't get up immediately. And, um, the, the you know, the the great thing is she walked off with uh, another fellow, Rook Maisha Allentine's, uh, walked off on, you know, on her own, kind of with her helping her. Uh, but, you know, as the ball said right after the game, it was her hip, you know, but the, how significant it is, they don't know. You know, hope, obviously she's going to be sore for a while, so I don't know if she may play tomorrow. Definitely, if she don't, you got to kind of add a sparse game because they're fighting for playoff position. But, you know, my main thing is hopefully she's not out for a long time or something serious because they need her. Uh, what she brings is just, especially for a rookie, she, she plays better than most vets across the league. You know, two-way player can shoot it, um, defend, you know, improvement playmaker. 
she could she's she she can finish. She just gotta learn how to fall. She kinda got a D Wade, John yeah. Wall disease. She hits the floor a lot. And you don't last long in the pros hitting the floor a lot, you know what I'm saying? So she gotta you know, she she's so much of a competitor. She'll drive and somebody get their hand on the ball and you gotta know when they they got the block. You know, just let it go. <laughs> you let the ball go, you know what I'm saying? But she gonna still try to fight and that's when you know, she gets off balance in the air and she falls ugly, but she'll learn. And I'm pretty sure they talking to the vets and the staff or whatnot. But you know, you just gotta love her energy, man. And, um, I do. And, you know, I saw it right away. You know, from, you know, from day one. And you know, she kind of got my attitude when you competing. It's just like, look, I ain't here to talk too much. I'm here to bust y'all. Y'all, know, you know what? And go home. You know, as simple as that. And she shows it every game. Um, she had a game high 26 and only played 29 minutes. She was she was destroying them. It wasn't even it was fair. It was unfair with five rebounds. You know what I'm saying? So 7-11 shooting from the one, field, six, one, five or five from three. She, mm-hmm. I mean, it was nothing they could do. And uh, the thing I like about her and Tabal touched on this early in the season after a game when she makes a typical rookie mistake, she'll hustle even more on yeah. back on defense or something to try to make up for it. And she usually does getting a steal or something. So when the coach about to yell, she does that. He like, all right, let me sit back. You know, it's just. <laughs> It's just that type of feel. So I, I love what the rookie brings. Hopefully she's healthy and, um, you know, they can get ready for it and try to make them run. Yeah, and, and that's the best part about this. Uh, where they're, We've been talking all year long. The only word we've been using with this team this entire time, defense, 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 mm-hmm. defense. Um, one of the players is definitely getting overlooked, you know, as they went on this run. Center Latoya Sanders has been outstanding uh, during this run. She doesn't get a lot of credit for what she does. But Atlanta plays the four, even though she's taller than um, Sanders. Sanders a little bit undersized um, from a bulk standpoint, playing a playing a five. But she does a, such a great job understanding, like just with her timing, she does a great job with verticality. She understands her length. She uses it quite well. She moves her feet well on de- uh, defensively. And what she's done as the months have gone by, she's starting to take advantage of the space offensively. And it's kind of taking a very good offensive team and taking them to a new place because defensively, you kind of, you know, you know what if you do and you know what if you don't because um, you can't really help off her anymore. You can't help off Cloud the same way. And with Atkins doing what she's doing, what, you, what you're starting to see is Deladon starting to pick her spots. Mm-hmm. Now, and that's a scary thing when you have somebody who can score, it, 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 like, score like that. The first quarter, she had two points. The game's tied 20-20. And in the second quarter, and credit to Ariel Powers, talk about another person with just that type of mentality. She came in at the start of the second quarter, stole a couple inbound passes, attacking the basket. She only had eight points. All eight came in that quarter. What's not a coincidence, that type of energy and effort. The Mystics scored 31 points in the second quarter, and Elena gets going during this. Because everybody else's activity, she starts walking in the walk-up threes. And again, this is a big-time score. You know, she gets on track. And they become a different, they become a different monster. And I gotta throw another shout out to. She may not be the best player, yep. Deladon, but she's the most important player to me, uh, Natasha Cloud. Yes. Uh, her improvement this season has best was vaulted them to become a contender right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the knock on her for years is just she got everything. She just got to improve her job, yes. and she's done that um, this year. Uh, the reason why they're on this win streak, you notice they they started this streak when she came back. Yes, and they kind of fell apart when she got hurt. She missed a few games. Um, up going uh, as they approached uh, the game against the Wings, she was right. She was playing like historic efficient basketball. Yep. 
Um, she she was averaging 13.2 points, five assists, 3.2 rebounds on 61% shooting from the field and 68% shooting from three-point range while only committing one and a half turnovers. You see what I'm saying? Like, it, what she's been done, doing is insane. She's a big point guard. She plays great defense. She could literally guard three positions. Yep. And she's she's a smart defender. At the beginning of the season, um, just seeing them in, like, preseason games, their defense remind me, I told you that. And it's, it's a connection to yep. Doberman defense to what the Bulls used to do with, with Mike and Scotty. And, and that makes sense because the ball was with those guys early on. And he allows – he allows Cloud and Atkins and, and you know TRP when they in the game to just kind of go on their own when they feel like they could dig down the bigs and try mm-hmm. to get a steal and it works and it keeps the, the bigs kind of worrying like you know I got worried about my man now yep. somebody might come down that's that's just one one end where she just she's just excellent at even on ball the way she you know frustrated Skylar Diggins held her to five of twenty one shooting um, in the win uh, on Sunday. I mean, her, how she control pace, how her energy is contagious. She's always upbeat and positive, so Mystics never get down. She's being a floor leader, and she understands that, you know, I got to get everybody involved, even though with her improved shooting, I think she's shooting 46% from three this year, which is a jump from 23% last season, and, and it's, t- it's fifth in the league. So with that addition to her game, that improvement, it has opened things up not only for her, but the Mystics. Yep. And – you know, with her, I feel like she's the most important because she literally is the most versatile player on the team right now. She does everything. While other guys, may, other girls may be stronger in certain aspects, she literally does everything. When she's not on the floor, they hurt. And, you know, if she keeps playing like this, they definitely got a shot and winning the championship. Yeah, and, and the biggest part of that, almost everything you talk about, it doesn't always necessarily show up in, in the box court. Um, especially you talk about her size. It's different when they hit the glass when she's the one that gets the rebound. Everybody can go. Yeah. Like and it's not it's not two three passes up court. She plays the touchdown pass. Oh yeah. And they throw a lot of them. Like they don't. Now people love Kevin Love with outlet passes. She does. It's that type of pass after she gets a rebound. Like everybody knows. Oh, Cloud got it. We're going. <laughs> it's just we're out. Let's go. And the other thing that makes it beautiful is you're throwing the ball up. Everybody but one person on the floor can run to a corner. Mm-hmm. Those are threes. So it's fun and uh. Just shout out to you know to that coaching staff too, that development, because um, that takes time. Man, this key. is year four. That's key in the pros. People underestimate that. Like, why that player didn't get better? You gotta look at the, the staff, man. Because certain look, certain teams you see players go there, they get better. Yep, it's automatic. Give it time, and you see that with domestics and stuff like that. I mean, you see it, and I'm just happy. I mean, they they put work in. Let's just say that yep. even before pregame, nah, you ain't gonna waste time just shooting anything. One dribble pull-ups, work on this, work on this, work on this. And then it shows the payoff is you see it in the game. And then just another thing to throw into this with their preparation, because of the compacted schedule, they don't have a lot of practice time. So talking to like so like a rookie, you're going from college where you get film time, get practice time, and then, then you go to apply it. You're going to apply it in practice first. Eric, talking to Atkins, she's seeing it on film, taking notes. For, next chance to apply it is tomorrow's game. So you're not getting a chance to really – you know, there's kind of no room for error. But uh, they're in a really good place. They're third in the league at the moment. Um, the regular season ends on the 19th. They uh, they play the Fever tomorrow night, and they come home and host the Sparks. who are fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, they're fighting to try to advance because they're tied with the Sun right now. Both teams are 18 and 13. And the WNBA, uh, the third and fourth seed get a bye. The first and second seed get a double bye. So it's important that you get that. And unlike the NBA, 
The conference stuff doesn't matter at all. It's a league record, and that's what's important. So that's why this 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 last week is so pivotal. They got the Sparks on Friday, the Fever tomorrow, and then you take on a Minnesota team in Minnesota. They're going to be on 12. You heard the news about Lindsey Whalen retiring at the end of the season. Um, that's going to be a tough finish to the season. But uh, real quick, Lindsey Whalen, uh, just thoughts on her her career as, you know, she's about to – Last year in the WNBA. It's crazy to think that this is, you know, her last season. Like you said, she's been one of the best players in the NBA, in WNBA for a, a long time. And uh, it's well-deserved, though. You know, some people feel like they know when it's their time and it's time to move on. Um, but it's going to be a sad case to not see her play anymore. But, you know, if you've been privy enough to see her play over the years, then you know exactly what the type of player she is and the type of caliber player that she is. So it's well-deserved for her to get her rest. Nah, nah definitely. Cardio? Hey, man, mother time, mother defeated. <laughs> Undefeated. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It hit she, some she, people she, earlier. <laughs> I mean, like, I've been saying it all year. They look old, man. And um, she's a young point guard barking at it. They ain't used mm-hmm. to do that. That's when you know it's like, all right, let me get up out of here. Before they, <laughs> they make me get up out of here. Yep. You know, so – but one of the best to ever do it, winner. Um, you know, I heard, some, I heard somebody say that she might be the best, uh, might be the best player. Period. To come out of Minnesota. Period. I, I regardless of gender, name. and it's hard to argue with her accomplishments. <laughs> so, I mean, with, hell of a career. What more can you say? Yeah, I mean, I just like when I heard the news that she was retired, instantly <clears> just started thinking about, uh, you know, how fortunate we've been to see her play quite a bit, especially for the for the U.S. national team. Um, and over the past couple of years, like as like you said, first thing that comes to mind, she's just a winner. Whatever needed to be done, she got done. Um, I think that's a wonderful way to be remembered. And uh, that's the Lynx are curr- currently sitting seventh. They make the playoffs. It's going to be tough to get them out because that's one heck of an emotional boost uh, to deal with, despite you know the things like their mm-hmm. age and whatnot. Um, and that's a veteran group. So be interesting to see how that goes uh, as this season comes to an end. Anybody had anything else they want to throw on uh, before we get out of here? Oh, we'll do it. We're going to do a I quick just, rabbit pro- oh, I, I just real quick wanted to yeah. um to shout out. We're doing a whole bunch of shout outs. I want to <laughs> shout out um Cardell for what he's been doing with uh the, the kid Vontae Sanders. Yes. Man. Like, that's yeah, that's a sure. that's a journey that I've definitely followed through social media, and I wasn't really familiar with him at first. Mm-hmm. So obviously, when I see Cardell working with him, I look him up. I look up you know all the all, all the stuff that goes with him, and um, you know just. Just getting in the kid with the gym at any time, and it all paid off. And the other thing is, you know, he's he's a Division three kid from uh, St. Mary's, and uh, you know that's no better story than me. That's that's just all you gotta want it. So I just I just wanted to shout him out for traveling with him through it. Nobody realizes the hours that you gotta put in and all the stuff that you gotta do and the strings that you gotta pull to to accomplish something like that. So I, I you know I love what you're doing for the kids, man. That's him. That's him. He grinding. He like. He listening, so it's easy. But he had to go up there and prove himself, and he did all summer up in New York. So coming back, going up there, playing the games, both of us, we not getting back home till like 4 a.m. <laughs> Got to wake back up, back in the gym the next day, you know yep. what I'm saying? So yep. yeah, he won it, man. Yeah, he, earned, he earned everything he gets, so it is what it is. Yeah, I'm right with Kobe. I tried to brag the other day on social media, <laughs> sharing, the, uh, sharing the, uh, the article from The Combinator, but – I mean, you talk about sports, and that's what makes sports fun. You know, stories like that is going to be one heck of a story for the young man. We wish him the best going forward because um, he gets a chance to write it however he wants, especially after how it started. 
which yeah. is the end of his college career, man. That's, that's all you can ever ask for. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight, man. We truly appreciate it. Good, uh, as always, stay with us for your local coverage. Uh, we got a lot going on. Obviously, WNBA playoffs start literally next week. So that's something. Uh, DC United is about to kill me with all these home games. <laughs> back to back. <laughs> you like, got a break in the beginning. No more break. Hey, look, right? No, no, no days off. I can't even complain because, like, the whole four months, I'm like, Cardell, I can breathe. Like, it's cool. But, like, and I was telling him as it got, like, as the year went by, I was like, it's about to hurt. Like, I kept telling him, I was like, the last 15, like, 15 of the last 20 at home, 15 of the last 20. And I'm counting them down, I'm like, not till October. <laughs> Not till October. Well, Kobe, thank you so much for coming through, man. We appreciate it. I um, hope the event goes swimmingly well. And uh, we're going to see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Focus TV.